are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked on Eagles podcast. It's your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. It's episode number two of five this week. Download it into your phone when you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, you name it, we are available on all platforms, and then we start to talk birds right after the show on Twitter. Hit us up at LockdownBirds, at LOE and at GC24 underscore football. Yesterday was a really fun show, Mock Draft Monday, episode number seven, but it was a new wrinkle to the show. Last week we had a new wrinkle. It was having the listeners. You guys picked the first four selections in the 2021 draft for the Eagles in rounds one through three. Then yesterday, instead of doing the mock draft together, me and Gino with the teamwork, we actually decided to do two separate seven-round mock drafts, mock versus mock, and then see what the listeners thought. Who had the better draft class for the Eagles in the draft that is Less than a month away now. Yesterday was officially the one-month mark until the Eagles are on the clock at number 12 overall. Coming up on today's edition of the show, I'm going to create the ideal board for the Eagles at pick 12. So they moved down just far enough to where they still have a chance at four prospects that I think they could have considered at the sixth overall draft pick, but instead they move down six spots and still get a first. Like, if they move down to pick 13, 14, or even 15, like if they stayed within the top 15, but they move down a few more spots, based on the prospects available and expected to go in the top 11, the Eagles are just at the right spot where they can still get one of the guys you could get at six but you also collect that first-round pick Miami gives you to go from 12 to 6. You get their first-round pick in 2022. But which players could be there at 12? Who do we want to be there? I'm going to create the ideal board for the Eagles the way it falls so that when they're picking at 12, there is a prospect that we'd all be very happy with and we don't feel like we have to settle because they wanted to collect that extra first-round draft pick. And someone that's key in the board falling the right way is Alabama quarterback Mac Jones, right? I think if he's a top 10 pick, that's going to push down. It's going to guarantee you that four certain players, at least one of them will be available. So Mac Jones is very important for the Eagles, the fact that he would go in the first round. And I think he will be a top 10 pick. NFL insider for NFL Network Ian Rappaport said today at Mac Jones's pro day that he would be shocked if Jones was not a top 10 pick. And again, that will help the Eagles out a lot. However, I've been seeing now for the past couple days, really since that trade on Saturday where the 49ers moved up from a top 15 pick to the third overall pick by giving up three first-round draft picks to Miami. I've been seeing Daniel Jeremiah say it. I've been seeing Chris Sims say it. I saw Kyle Shanahan kind of insinuate it today when he chose to go to Mac Jones' pro day instead of Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields' pro day. That everybody is kind of hinting that Mac Jones might seriously be in play for the third overall pick over Trey Lance 
and over Justin Fields. So again, do I think Mac Jones will be a top 10 pick? I believe so. Will that help the Eagles? 100%. We should be rooting for Mac Jones to be a top 10 pick. To have five quarterbacks go in the top 11 would be huge for the Birds. However, I don't believe any of those smoke-screening liars for a second that Mac Jones is going to be the third overall pick. I've been willing to, I'm so confident in this, that I went as far as saying on Twitter today, and I made out a deal with San Francisco 49ers, locked on 49ers host Brian Peacock, that I'll get a tattoo of his choosing. That's, that's a real thing. I'm 100% serious. I will get a tattoo of whatever Brian Peacock wants if Mac Jones is the pick at third overall. I do not believe for a second that the 49ers traded three first-round draft picks for another quarterback that really, when you look at it, needs everything around him to be star-driven, to be effective. Jones, like Jimmy Garoppolo, will always be someone that really can't elevate you. That would be such a lateral move to give up three picks for a guy that I don't even know if he'll ever be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo was in 2019 when he helped you get to the Super Bowl. And the whole reason to move up to the third overall pick here and to not stick with Jimmy G is because you want a quarterback now that you can win because of and not just win with. A guy that can elevate you when your roster isn't always full of pro bowlers. A guy that doesn't hold back that Super Bowl roster like Garoppolo did in the 2019 Super Bowl. So that's the reason you go for, you give up that kind of asset, those kind of assets, three first-round picks, for a talent like Justin Fields or a talent like Trey Lance. Yeah, maybe Mac Jones has a higher floor, but the ceiling is, and I don't even think he does have a higher floor than Trey Lance or Justin Fields, but some might think he does. But the ceiling is astronomically different. It's not even close. I mean, Mac Jones, yeah, was he effective at Alabama? 100%. But the guy had four first-round receivers in Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith. He had an elite offensive line, an elite running back, elite defenses. Again, I think he's going to be a top-ten pick, but there is no way. And if if he is, it's the funniest trade in NFL history. There is no way that Mac Jones is the third overall pick. Brian said that he wants me to get Chris Sims tattooed on my ankle if Jones is the pick. And I'm seriously considering it. Like, I'm 100% serious. That's how confident I am that Mac will not be the third pick. But I will say, after listening to Ian Rappaport, after hearing, like, you know, Chris Sims and Daniel Jeremiah talk about Mac Jones, though, I do think that his stock is being raised throughout this draft process and that maybe a team like the Carolina Panthers, if they miss out on the other prospects or the Denver Broncos, I do think a team like that could take Jones, I do think he will be a top 10 pick, and that's ideal for the Eagles if they want the board to fall the right way at pick 12. What is the right way for the board to fall for the Birds at number 12 overall? I'm going to construct that for you coming up in segment two of this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, March Madness, and the NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Imagine bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L O C K E D O N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. After the show, get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Locked on Packers host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So, I kind of talked about it in segment one. I think it's insane that Mac Jones could be the third overall pick. But at the same time, Jones is going to be ideal in helping the board fall the right way for the Eagles at pick 12. And again, if the Eagles were at 13, 14, 15, that'd be just too deep down the, the board for the right players to fall. Whereas, at you know, going from 6 to 12, you know, you don't have the same guarantees based on who will be available but you are guaranteed to have a set amount of prospects available when you are on the clock. When you look at it, the board could fall very favorably to where a guy you would consider at 6 heavily is still there at 12. So you could have, let's say hypothetically, Jalen Waddell, who you could have took at 6. You get him at 12, and you also get an extra first-round pick to work with because Miami wanted to move up for the chance to get maybe Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitzer, you know, one of the Alabama wide receivers, and Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith. So when you look at it, the, the way the board, we want the board to fall. We need, I mean, four quarterbacks we know are going to go, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to be off the board. Zach Wilson will be gone. Uh, Justin Fields will be gone. Trey Lance as well. So those are four players at quarterback that the Eagles will not consider, unfortunately. I think it's still infuriating that they're going to pass on considering Justin Fields or Trey Lance, but, you know, to each their own. So, those are four positions or four players at a position that the Eagles will not take going four picks in front of the Eagles. So there's seven spots left with more than seven prospects that I want at number 12. And then again, if Mac Jones also goes, like you don't need him to go for a good uh, good player to fall to 12. But if he goes as well, then you're really cooking here. So if five quarterbacks go and you assume Penny Sewell, the Oregon offensive lineman, also goes, and Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts. That's eight prospects off the board with three picks left before the Eagles are on the clock. And still available would be four guys that I would run to the board for. Alabama cornerback Patrick Sertan. South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn. Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith. Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell. At least one of them, if Mac Jones does go inside the top 10, which I think he will, if he goes inside the top 10, one of those players, Waddell, Smith, Horn, Sertan, they will be available. And that's huge because the Eagles have to, have to get wide receiver right and they have to get cornerback right. And you're heading into 2021 with... Yeah, you have Darius Slay, right? He's going to be good still for a couple more years here. You have Jalen Rager, who you invested a first-round pick in. You want to see through his development. But can you guarantee me, outside of 2021, that you have anything at those two positions? Positions that you have not been able to get right cornerback since 2011 with Asante Samuel. That was the end of Asante, actually. So earlier, 2009, 2010. in wide receiver... I mean, yeah, Alshon and, and Nelly in 2017, but outside of that one championship year, it was Jeremy. You haven't had a thousand yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. So you need to get one of those prospects. One of them could still be available even if Mac Jones doesn't go, but then you also need to root for somebody like Quiddy Pie, 
the edge rusher from Michigan or the offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Mac Jones going though would be huge because then you know right now that Waddle, Smith, Horn, or Sertan would be on the board and that would be awesome because those were guys that I expected Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts to be gone before number six. I thought there was a great chance one would be available, but I wasn't going to bat an eye if back-to-back Atlanta and Cincinnati or Miami before they moved took Chase and Pitts. So I was getting ready with the mindset of quarterback not being an option. I was getting ready to be okay with J.C. Horn at 6, or Sertan, or Smith, or Waddle. Like, I was okay with them at 6. If Mac Jones goes within the top 10, you're going to get one of those guys at 12 and collect a first-round pick. So that is significant. That's the way you want the board to fall in a month for the 2021 NFL Draft within the top 11. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Guys, today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food, or for me, it's Vintage Eagle stuff on eBay or sour beers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership instead of rockauto.com? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. It's a family business that's been serving Auto Park customers online now for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, again, prices are extremely low. Make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your baby, your car, or your truck. Write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Guys, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar flavor is the best. There's a lot of unique, amazing flavors. Which one is the top dog, the alpha? It's time for Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Cookies and Cream versus Cookie Dough Chunk, the battle of the cookie monsters, man. And I think I'd go with Cookie Dough there. You can vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And remember, while you're at the website, use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best flavor of the best tasting protein bar. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you on episode two of five this week. So we're talking about how we want the first 11 picks to go in the NFL draft so that the Eagles at pick 12 can have a really good prospect fall to them that they could have realistically took at number six overall, right? We want five quarterbacks to go, or at least four. We want Mac Jones to go in the top five, though, or I should say top ten as well, because then you figure again as well, Penny Sewell will be going in the top ten, as a top 11, as will Jamar Chase, 
as will Kyle Pitts. So that guarantees you that at least one of Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, or J.C. Horn will be available. Those are some of the top cornerback prospects and the top wide receiver prospects. And I know the Eagles love linemen on both sides of the ball, and they will very seriously consider those two positions, edge rusher and offensive line, really any defensive lineman or offensive lineman, but they need to get wide receiver and cornerback right. And if one of those guys are available and they end up taking Quiddy Paye or Rashawn Slater, I'm going to be upset. Look, I'm not trying to say that prioritizing linemen isn't the right philosophy. That is the Eagles' philosophy. It's quarterback, offensive line, and defensive line. It's the key reason you won a championship in 2017. And it's also a key reason you could overcome a lot of the following two years, in 2018 and in 2019 with all the injuries at wide receiver and every other position, the defensive line got hot in 2018 down the stretch. It's why you were able to, it was a huge reason, you won three straight games and got into the postseason. In 2019, when you had Deontay Burnett and Joshua Perkins and Greg Ward playing receiver and tight end, why could Carson Wentz get hot? A lot of it just because he's a damn good player and can elevate talent or lack thereof around him, but also he still had an elite offensive line in front of him. So it's the right philosophy, 100%. I'm not trying to say that. And it's also why you look back in the early 2000s, why Donovan McNabb could get by with Todd Pinkston and James Thrash and Freddie Mitchell, because you had guys like Trey Thomas and, you know, John Runyon up in the trenches and Jamal Jackson as well for a long time. And, you know, then Jason Peters kind of took over in the transitioning of those two eras. But again, I just am so adamant about getting receiver and cornerback right because you haven't been able to outside of a year or two for this entire decade and now starting up a new decade going into year two of the 2020s. And there are just, look, I'm not trying to force a pick at corner or receiver. If Rashawn Slater was there, it's Slater or, you know, Terrence Mitchell or, you know, Rashad Bateman, I'd obviously take. Slater or Quiddy Paye or one of those guys. Like I'm not trying to reach at corner receiver, but if you pass on Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, or J.C. Horn for Quiddy Paye or Rashawn Slater, look, I think it could very well happen. That's Howie Roseman. But at the same time, if they do that, I would be pretty damn upset. Because also, you got to think of it this way, there are more in-house pieces that could be long-term core pieces on both lines than there are at receiver or corner. Darius Slay could be there for a while. Jalen Rager could pan out to be a legit receiver, but you have way more options on the lines. On the offensive line, you know you still have Brandon Brooks for a while if you want him, and Lane Johnson, and Isaac Sayamalu, and at least one of, I think, Jordan Maialata or Andre Dillard are going to pan out. And then on the defensive line, Fletcher Cox is still in his prime. You still have Javon Hargrave in his prime. You have Derek Barnett, if you want him, still in his prime. Josh Sweat, Coming into his own in year four, he's been taking huge steps year after year, becoming one of the most efficient 4-3 defensive ends when it comes to rushing the quarterback. And then Brandon Graham seems to get better every year. So, yeah, you could always use more pieces up front, and who knows what happens with Jason Kelsey coming up soon. And you might need a guard because Sayamalu moves in at center. And again, Lane Johnson, who knows the if he keeps getting hurt, we don't know what his future is. And Mylotta or Dillard, they might not be the guy. And on the defensive line, I'm trying to play devil's advocate to myself here. Derek Barnett's probably not a long-term piece, and Brandon Graham is on the other end of 30. So it, it makes the logic-wise, it does make sense to go offensive line or defensive line. But when it comes to the value and when it comes to the talent at these positions, when it comes to the prospects that will be available, 
and the need, the desperate need to get receiver and corner right both immediately and long term. I just think it's a foregone conclusion that you go with one of those two spots unless you really have to reach. Like Quiddy Paye, I don't know. Again, I like pass rushers. I want high-end pass rushers year after year. But Quiddy Paye gives me a lot of vibes. Derek Barnett gave me too. And so, and Slater is good, but again, I want to see through the development of Jordan Maialata and Andre Dillard. I think one of those guys can be your left tackle. So Slater wouldn't be a bad pick. I like that better than Quiddy Paye, but even Slater, I'm not going to be happy if that's the selection. Or at least if this is the way the board falls and one of those guys are available. If Devontae, Waddle, Horn, and Sertan are all gone, then sure, take Slater or Paye, but even then, I would probably want to move down and, and take, you know, Kadarius Tony or, you know, uh, you know Jason Owe from Penn State. I, I don't want to reach. I think it's going to be a reach if you go with a lineman at pick 12. So let's root for one of those Alabama prospects or J.C. Horn. That is the ideal four prospects, and that's the way you want the board to fall. Again, you want five quarterbacks going. You want Penny Sewell going. You want Jamar Chase going, and you want Kyle Pitts, and then you're guaranteed to get Sertan, Horn, Smith, or Waddle. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, the NFL Draft is only weeks away now, and it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft Duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your shows. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiaseLoe, and at GC24 underscore football. For myself, Lou DiBiase, I'm signing off. I'll see you guys tomorrow right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go Birds.